0: dreamer.
1: Welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. If you haven't already, go check out my new website. You can view the latest episode, fan favorites, and even submit a question to future guests. You can visit the website at Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast.my.canva.site. You can also find the link in the show notes. The song you just heard is Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Troy Greeter. So, Troy is originally from Denison, Iowa, and is currently the head coach of the Ridgeview girls wrestling team. He has given so much to the sport that has, in turn, given him so much. Troy does all that he can to help grow girls wrestling, and I cannot tell you how appreciative we all should be to have someone like him help promoting the sport. So, please sit back, relax, and enjoy Coach Troy Greeter. Perfect. So, what's going on?
2: Oh, not a whole lot. Yeah. Kind of nice having having everything done for a little while or as done as I get.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was gonna say when you you said done for a little while, I was like, well, you're kind of just getting started now with AAU circuit a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We got, you know, two practices a week and and then we'll get into state, Point Rivers, Disney, Junior Olympics this year in Iowa. So yeah, it'll be it'll be busy. Really? The junior Olympics? Yeah. Yeah. It's in Des Moines this year. Nice. Yeah, so we'll have I think three or four days of wrestling in Des Moines. Now the big thing is their track and field and stuff, and that's why they go to Des Moines for Drake. But oh, yep, yep, sure, sure. And and cup stacking—that's pretty cool too. What is it? Cut stacking? Yeah, cup stacking? Remember cup that? stacking. Cup stacking stacking, you know, like they got the three or four cups and they stack them. Into different. I, I stood and watched that. We were in North Carolina last year. and I stood and watched that probably for about an hour. It was awesome. It was really cool.
1: <laughs> Cup stacking.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I remember, I, I guess I thought that was
1: kind of a fat, a fad that kind of came and went, but I guess, so but I guess people like it now. Yeah. And you do that. Have you ever no, tried? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> Huh. Oh, cool. So, what have you been up to uh, this week so far and today?
2: Oh, uh, well, last yesterday I had to drive around and pick up. Uh, we have four schools coming to ours, so mm-hmm. the ones that haven't brought their their gear back, I went and tried to pick up some gear. And we're doing a fundraiser, so I tried to pick up fundraising stuff. And I still don't have it all, but I did that. And then we had practice at BV last night,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so I did that. And, I work nights, so I got done, done with practice, went to work. Yeah. Do you, um, uh, what was going to say? Did you guys get a lot of snow? No, th- we didn't get anything this time. Really? It was great. Okay. Nice. Uh, we, yeah. we, we've been dumped on the last couple of times, but this time was good. <laughs> no scoop. Right. How, how do you manage, you know, if you're like,
1: you have, like you just said, you have four different schools come in to your practice. I mean, it's got to be difficult if you're trying to run a practice and you have kids from all over the area.
2: It it was a challenge. Um, the stormlight kids come and they're about thirty five minutes, and then that's if they get out of the parking lot
0: mm-hmm. in time.
2: So then a lot of times we're starting practice at four four twenty 420, four twenty five. Yeah. You know, so I started at the beginning of the year. I was trying to start everybody together. Well, I, I still start practice practice together, and uh-huh. we started doing running and some other things at four o'clock, and then just as they arrive, then we then we start our typical practice so it was it was definitely a different year i didn't get as much map time as i i kind of liked um we're gonna switch next year i think to galva uh it's uh, galva holstein is the where the high school's at holstein iowa galva's a little closer to storm lake and alta Aurelia. so we'll we'll have maybe another 10 minutes closer for them nice which Which. could make a big deal yeah ten minutes isn't that big but i mean it's 10 minutes. Is That's my live portion. You know, a lot of times, 10, 15 minutes of live, that could just be that part. So, right. Instead of finishing at 6 o'clock. And I, I don't like to go too late because we still, now they have to drive home a half hour or mm-hmm. better and do mm-hmm. homework and, and stuff like that. So I still try to get out of there by 6 o'clock. So it's mm-hmm. not... Yeah. Not, not super long practices, but that's all right.
1: Yeah. What, so you're the, you know, you coach Bridgeview, what schools or towns I should say, what towns make up Bridgeview? Well,
2: that's uh, the two school districts that it originally is, is uh Shaler Crestland and Galva Holstein, which is early Shaler. Um, galva holstein and then there's a bunch of little ones smaller i mean they're not none of those are big towns mm-hmm. but you know, there's a bunch of other little ones it's it's a really long school district it's it's probably 30 almost 25 30 miles in length on highway 20. wow and then, and then it doesn't go too far north or south but mm-hmm. it's 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 definitely a it's a challenge at that school district just because of all the the then logistics and then doing logistics for four different schools for picking people up on buses. You know, if we went north we went to Alta and then we drove to Storm Lake and then like say we went to Spencer. So it takes an extra hour out of your your life to <laughs> to do that. Yeah. If we go get- east they had to meet us in Holstein and then we'd pick up at River Valley if we went west a lot of times they would drive down to early which is right on Highway 20 but you know or if we went yeah if we went east like to Humboldt or Ogden and stuff and if we went south everybody met at Holstein and we went south so Hmm. it was it was a lot of a lot of hitting google maps and estimating times and, and stuff so it was it was interesting did it take you a couple times to like kind of figure out the best route yeah. Um, you know, it's, it just, I, I played it by ear kind of yeah. and I, I made out things and I have the first before, uh, Christmas, I even color coded all of them for their school <laughs> colors. So After that, it was a much more relaxed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I did have ADs stuff two of the schools. Hey, I don't know how you're keeping track of this stuff, but good job. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> how did you land at, at Ridgeview?
2: Well, so Jason Shepard is my, well, if he did, if he worked there he would be a, he'd be the head coach i think he's he's a professor at bv his daughter is tatum um he's got two kids in school one's a, they're twins uh boy and girl so he he actually helps both sides of the program so part of the growth of girls wrestling in our area was jason and i actually finally finding each other because i had keegan king that i was taking around and he had his daughters And once we got together then we were able to we kind of join and do some practicing together? And then we started traveling to little towns like Kingsley had a girl. So we'd go practice at Kingsley and invite people in that area. We'd go to council bluffs and invite people in that area, you know, just people that we knew. And and that's how we kind of started growing it. And I was at South central Calhoun with Lance Schultz. I don't know if uh, Lance has been around forever. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, Jason I said, well, you know, it's the same distance because I live in Wall Lake, Iowa. And it kind of it's it's about the same distance to Holstein or to Rockwell City. And he's like, you can just come over here and coach Tatum and Izzy and, and uh, like a Joanne and Dania and, and stuff. And we could build something. And I was like, oh, no, that's a lot of work to switch schools. And and then the, the superintendent at Ridgeview was from Denison, where um, I'm originally from.
0: Yeah, and
2: um, they're at the covid year. Uh, they're. As COVID hit, their AD left and their head coach left. Oh wow! And so he had kind of asked me if I would consider taking it over, and I said I would consider taking it over if you hire a young coach that's going to be in the school district, and I can coach the girls as soon as it's sanctioned. And he agreed to it, so that's how it happened.
1: Hmm. Well, I know this. Um, I want to talk about your Denison days, but first, I want. Why did you? um
2: get into girls wrestling and why did you push so hard for it you know, um so, and i don't want to ba- i'm not going to bash any school districts but i'm in the east Sac school district and mm-hmm. i was helping out complete volunteer uh, doing uh a club basically doing their their summer club because i wasn't a, a paid co- i wasn't even a coach there i just kind of would i'd come along to meets and stuff and i'd help out here and there and so i could do their off-season stuff without any issues with the, you know the contact rules and i was doing that and i invited anybody in the area so i had a girl come in and it was just isac was frustrating the one year i helped we actually did two duels two home duels with two eligible wrestlers they had about six kids on the team and after christmas only two of them were eligible wow! it just the 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 coaching and i we didn't get along very well Mm -hmm. Um, there are people i knew for a long time but i just didn't we had different differences
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. So when Keegan came around, I, I honestly was about ready to quit coaching. I was kind of wow. frustrated with it and I just was kind of done. Keegan came around and I, I, she asked, I, she came to a few practices and didn't really pay that much attention to her. The first couple,
0: uh-huh.
2: we were kind of winding down, getting into football season. And she asked if I would help coach her at conflict at Carver a few years back. It got, they still had that meet. Uh-huh. And so I I did. And that's when I started meeting people and seeing the differences in girls wrestling and how the community is in girls wrestling versus how boys wrestling is. And the girls wrestling is way more of a family. And you can definitely see you can feel the the just you can see a, a state championship match with the girls and they they can just tear it up. Two minutes later, they're talking and they're friends and they're they're joking about stuff. That, and, and it's just a really cool thing. Like we we sat down on the way back because we had you know three and a half hour drive back from state. And we went through the just the finals or actually all the place winning. And at some point in time, I have worked with in a practice on an AAU team in the corner. Uh, been to something with thirty five of the place winners. I've worked wow. with at some point in time. And it's not that I'm, that's not a brag. That's just a, you know, that's how close knit the community is. Right. And then, and then at any time those girls have feel comfortable coming up and talking to me and stuff. So it's, it's just a different, it's more community. And I needed that at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I've just grown to where that's, I expect that out of our wrestlers too. I promote it. I, they, they have to make friends when they go places, they have to meet new people they like they never see me at meets like cuz I'll be talking to this coach and I'll go talk to that coach and they so I I think that's important you know that they they learn that end of the sport cuz yeah. that's that's what you're going to remember later on you know <laughs> yeah. honestly it's the friendships that you make
1: 100% I, like it's watching the the high school tournament um i wasn't able to make it but i watched it on like track or whatever yeah. or on the i i g h s a u whatever whatever uh, what there
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah um and it just like the big one was um i hope i pronounce this, uh kiara dumessi yeah just like gotcha. the passion and the fun and the joy that she had. And I she's the one that just stands out in my mind, but you saw it with a lot of different girls there.
2: She's a really neat girl. She was at in Florida with us last year at Scholastic. <laughs> and so I've, I've I've walked around universal studios with her and a bunch of the girls. <laughs> yeah. She's crazy. <laughs> she's fun. She's really a neat girl. Yeah. But like,
1: but, but there, I mean, I, I talked with Clayton Van Horn, you know, he, Obviously, you know, him from un- unsanctioned. And yeah. so watching some of that and watching some of your girls interact as well. Like there's just like this lightheartedness that you you don't see in the sport on the boy's side. Yeah. The men's side that you do in the girl's side. And it's just it's refreshing. Just yeah, almost it like it doesn't matter. Obviously, it matters. You want to win. But like they're just so carefree. I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. Social. It's super social.
2: Yeah. And, and that's but that's and it's fun though. And, and anybody that's uh, it's kind of fun now because now there's all these guys coaches and they're coming up to me and these are things i've known for years you know because i've been doing this for about eight nine years now yeah and they're so excited man coaching girls this is so much different and we uh you know i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and you can just see the excitement in them because it's different for them and mm-hmm. i'm like yep <laughs> yep i've been preaching this for about eight <laughs> years now even my brother uh he's a coach at westwood sloan okay. and he- coached, you know, several state place winners. He's been in the corner for state championship matches. Jeff Harrison, I don't know if that name rings the bell wrestle for Northern Iowa, three-time state champion. You know, that's I mean, he's he's Westwood's always been a decent uh Western Iowa team.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, he was always kind of always kind of doubted the whole girl thing a little bit with me and stuff. And then this year he's the, he's six years older than I am. He's about done teaching, but he ended up coaching the Western Iowa Wolves, which there's two teams in our conference. Ridgeview is that and the Western Iowa Wolves is Westwood, West Monona, Maple Valley at the Okay. And so he ended up being the one of the coaches for that. And now he's just like, man, you're kind of right. <laughs> 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 It's just, it's fun to see. It For is. Sure. Yeah. It agreed. You know, I was
1: blown away by the tournament this year, you know, just from, I, I guess I should say, I was blown away with the improvements that have been made since a couple of years ago um, when they had the first, um, you know, one of the state tournaments in Waverly, I think it was. Yeah. Um, or even maybe it was even down here. Yeah. You know, they in, like. Just the leaps and bounds, even the wrestlers
2: have yeah,
0: I made. Mean, oh the, my gosh! The
2: from last year to this year is amazing, and it's only going to get better. These right. girls, like freshman class this year—they've been wrestling. A lot of them have been wrestling since they've been pretty little, but all of the classes coming in now have been wrestling since they've been very little. You know, I—I was fortunate. I've had some. I four or five girls on my team started wrestling, in, you know, before junior high, and that's pretty. That was kind of rare for these juniors and seniors, right. mm-hmm. but it's not anymore you know now we're really the levels come up and and you know the girls union they they do things right mm-hmm. <laughs> they really do they they put a show on and all yeah. their, it's not just wrestling but the way they do things it's it's they do a good job
1: yeah correct no doubt um one of the big questions i feel that's kind of coming through a little bit is um Thoughts on girls wrestling high school folk style, but collegiately they wrestle freestyle. Um, you know, I don't really, I don't not really need you to like take a stand or anything, but like, you know, what, what challenges does that might have as a coach? You know, and I guess I'm also trying to think what, what's the purpose of, of that as well. If you have an well, opinion,
2: Well, I'll, I'll just give you the brief, I'll give you, well, I'll, I'll take a stand on it because I have a <laughs> but, uh, so the reason women's wrestling was developed was to add equity in Olympic wrestling. Right? Uh-huh. Otherwise, we were going to lose the, the men's. You know, it was it was going to be all on the chopping block, right? That's if we right. didn't have equity. So, of course, you know, international wrestling is freestyle. So that's why. Um, those first few, the Cumberland team, the Missouri Valley, uh, the couple of, you know, the one was it Morris, Minnesota, there was like three or four teams that started and it was all freestyle. And that's why mm. it, it started freestyle. They had to have feeder program for our Olympic team. Yeah. And it just, it's, uh, you know, the, it, it just, that's the way it, it was now I'll argue with almost anybody. Cause if, if you go into history of the United States wrestling, modern Olympics, modern worlds, we have more medals than any other country in the world Mm -hmm. that we maybe not have had the world cup teams or this or that, but we have more Olympic and world medals than any other team in the world. And that includes Russia. So to say that our folk style, uh, background doesn't help in freestyle is just, that's, I believe that's an ignorant statement. look Mm -hmm. at all, all of the guys that we have wrestling right now, Burroughs and, and Dake and, and all, I mean, just any of them. The, and you can see the free, the folk style influence in their wrestling and europeans uh, they just they don't understand how to wrestle that style they're not grinders they're you know hit, hit a big move and stall the rest of the time <laughs> where the united states is going to come at you the whole time and that's how we wrestle mm-hmm. that style that's that's that grinding grinding style of wrestling that we have it's gritty and i think it helps our women too you see them running arm bars i swear to god they have no idea what an arm bar or <laughs> or chicken wing is in in international wrestling, but hell, we'll run it. (laughs) (laughs) Or we'll do cradles. You never see cradles internationally, except the United States will throw them out there. Mm -hmm. So I I honestly think that folk style is what makes us unique in the world, not that it's, I don't think it's holding us back. And logistically, I mean, there's, we're already at a a referee shortage. I think there are four or five certified freestyle referees in the state of Iowa. Um, So now tell me how we're going to have 190 schools now have freestyle and you're going to have referees to do tournaments all over the state. We, I mean, how we don't have enough referees to do folk style tournaments, let alone freestyle tournaments. And then coaching wise, and I know it's a cop out and people say this, I I know freestyle, I coach it. Um, But it's a, how there's a lot of the girls still practicing in boys rooms. Now, how are you going to split that up? It's Mm -hmm. the same way when you get a, a, the colleges. Are, are hiring. I, I, again, I'm not going to take any shots at any colleges, but mm-hmm. hire a coach that's kind of an extension of their, of their men's program to to be the women's coach. right? And you can't run it the same. It's, mm-hmm. not, the, it's not the same sport, so how could you do it at the high school level? We're already a coaching shortages. I, I coached, other than I had two volunteer assistants that came when they could, I pretty much coached 75% of the practices by myself with 23-year-olds. Wow, that's not easy <laughs> right? and on over half of them brand new. So now let's, now let's go to a, a coaching shortage and, and how's how someone that doesn't have my experience do that. How does someone that has no idea how to wrestle freestyle or have ever seen freestyle in their life <laughs> now that you're just logistically, we're not ready for it, not saying down the road, we were, but right now we're not, we're not at that point.
1: A lot of good points there. You know, I think it just makes, the perception is it's just easy choice or that you know well it should be folks out like it's easy to go between the two or just just switch from, from one to the other but it's logistically you listed a lot of reasons why it's it's a decision that needs to be made over time and not just like
2: it's oh, not just black and white you know yeah. like, no it's not you'd have you'd have to build into it there'd be a right. lot, of, lot of education about it um i'm i'm not so certain that you know we you know, collegiately, we couldn't go the other direction. And and I think that a lot of these coaches that are like, so Iowa, I I've, I was right there with Quincy with and Vias and at Grandview helping that first year. I, I still, I'm, I'm, I go down quite a bit to Grandview and, and we talk oh. on the phone. Um, there was two schools when they started, <laughs> you know, and now there's 20 schools in oh. Iowa trying to fight for those same exact people the whole dynamic has changed so much in just a f- short few years. And, you know, I'm helping Paige at BV and mm-hmm. you know, he's ecstatic to have two recruit, or I mean, two, and there's a couple more that are, you know, we're waiting to get deposits and signings done on. Um, but there's others in that conference that haven't got one yet. They're getting kind of nervous and worried because what, you know, and, and the level the level of of women's wrestling, it's going to be kind of like the high school was. It's not going to start high. There's going to be those teams. There's going to be the Grand Views, the McEndries, uh, King, yeah. uh, Life, Cumberland. They're they're there. They're they're going to bring in good wrestlers no matter what. But now these other co- colleges and universities and different conferences, they're going to have to build the level of the wrestling up. Yeah. It's going to be it is going to be a hard coaching job it is not going to be just cookie cutter like a lot of people think it should be it's it is not
1: <laughs> yeah mckendry i saw they uh, i think it was flow wrestling had like their top i don't know whatever you know women women's wrestlers and mckendry had like four of the top 20 or something that yeah. are going to their school you know and know all rankings whatever but just the talent alone you know you could say that they're just getting in a lot oh. of good talent
2: now you got iowa adding it like yep and Iowa can pretty much just take their pick, and it's all it's world team members. I mean, right? Yeah, that's that's a that's not a hard recruit job. Uh, recruiting <laughs> Northwest Iowa at BV, where the town is a blue collar town and the lake is okay. <laughs> oh, <Now>, no. <that's, laughs> just lake. <laughs> it's it's a nice lake, but it's not it's not Okaboji. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's it's not an easy recruit there. So you got to sell sell the program differently. You, you have to sell the program. You have to sell the education portion of because you're, you're not getting, you know, you're not going to, to win a national title for a while.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, and Paige, I talked to her and yeah, like you said, she's the head coach there and she's going into her first season next year. And I, I, I feel for a little bit, like that's probably gotta be a lot going on. And like you're yeah. saying, trying to get recruits to come and, even take a look at you like you know Buena Vista where's
2: that who's that yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been a long time since been Baxter's Beavers have you know been <laughs> national champions and 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 stuff there but you know it's it's a place that it's it's a beautiful campus so if you get them on campus and the the people are so friendly and nice mm-hmm. and they really have good programs so if you can get them there it's it's a possibility and mm-hmm. so and
1: I can't tell you how many t- how many coaches I've talked to at smaller schools that say the same thing, that just like, you know, name recognition is, is kind of tough. But like you're saying, once you get them on campus or once you get them to meet some people, they're like, whoa, I could go to this place. But yeah. it's seeing that name, Buena Vista or whatever, like, mm, who's this? Why
2: would I yeah. entertain them? Yep, exactly. Oh. Especially when other people are throwing money at you just for right. – I've wrestled before. Yeah. Good, but you wrestled before.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so backing up a little bit. So you're okay. from Den- Denison, Iowa. Yeah. Denison high school. Where is, where is Denison?
2: Denison is uh kind of Southwest Iowa highway mm-hmm. 30. Um, you're hour hour and 15 from, from Omaha. You're about two hours uh, west of Des Moines. Um, Sioux City is about an hour and a half north, north and, and west. So it's, it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> It's like Carroll. I mean, Carroll's the next yeah. biggest town, 30 miles okay. from Carroll. Um, you know, when I grew up, we, our conference was, was Carroll, Jefferson, uh, Perry, mm-hmm. uh, St. Ed's at, in Fort Dodge. And I think Audubon was the last of the Midwest conference. And it broke up after my senior year. Mm-hmm. Then Denison went Hawkeye 10. Did you wrestle at all? Like when you were young, young? Oh yeah. Yeah, I was, I started probably second, third grade. Um, I did not win a match until sixth grade. Um, No, Things are, things are not the same as they were then though. You know what I mean? I mean, I wrestled two tournaments a year and we, we had after school, the mats would get rolled out in the elementary gym. We'd maybe practice two, two and a half weeks. Uh, We divide up into teams. They like our, our, Brent Hagen was my head coach. and I, I mentioned him to you before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he would divide us, divide the teams up by weights. And, and so we would do duels and then we would do our tournament. And then usually I went to the Harlem tournament and I didn't even realize, I mean, I knew I didn't win and, and I I've known that for a long time, but it never mattered. Mm-hmm. I had an older brother. I told you i had an older brother that wrestled and uh, you know, so it just was something our family did. My my dad never did any athletics and he always wanted to. So in our family, it was if you're in sports, you don't have to have a job um, because in his family it was you have to have a job. You can't do sports. Mm. And so I made sure I had a sport for every season because <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't want to work. And stuff. So, so, you know, I didn't win until sixth grade. And this is this I, I look back now and I know this is where I know that coaching has such a huge influence. Um, I remember winning that first match in sixth grade and Brent Hagan, uh, he's he said he always called me greed. And he called my older brother greed, too. But uh, he, said Greed. I said, you did that double like we did in practice, you know, and I, I he probably barely knew who I was. But to me, that meant so much. Mm-hmm. And then I really that's kind of that, the, the one thing that I remember springing into, you know, what got me to, to really like wrestling. And then one other, this is a, a bad coaching story. And again, I won't, I won't put a name on it,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but uh, as a middle schooler, as a, a seventh grader, I think I lost, we didn't get the matches like they do now. I think I, I had, we had 13 total matches my seventh, seventh grade year. And I didn't even know that I was 0 in 6 at the time because I really didn't pay attention to that stuff, but I told him I was going to have a winning record. And I actually had a coach laugh at me. And I was like, well, that really kind of pisses me off. And I ended up being seven and six that year, not because I I was just to spite him. I did not. Yeah. I was that upset about it and stuff. So little things like that. And then eighth grade year got better. I made varsity as a freshman. Um, I could not beat the guy in the practice room, but we had uh, our varsity tournament. The JV actually was the eighth team to make up the eight person bracket. <laughs> okay. So I, for third and fourth, I ended up beating our varsity guy. And then I never, never relinquished the spot. Wow. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of how I progressed
1: through. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Maybe I had. Did it ever dawn on you that you like, or when you won your first match, were you like excited? Did you like,
0: did that
2: even. Honestly, it didn't even occur to me that much. And again, I told you in my family, athletics was important to my dad. Mm-hmm. And and my brother was my brother is a, a great football player, I, 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 for his size I'll tell you that. So he was he was a hundred and fifty some pounder wrestler. He wasn't ever a very good wrestler, but he was a center and a guard on the football team at a hundred and fifty some pounds. And he went and played college football, and he was a long snapper for the first two years, and then he became a guard, and then he ended up being the center at Concordia Seward. I think at the largest he got to two hundred and twenty, two hundred thirty pounds, wow. but he was was a starting center on a college football team i didn't i didn't know any different i just thought that's what you did as you went to school to play sports Mm -hmm. i was i was a little smaller than him i was 125 pound senior so i knew it wasn't football so i was going to wrestle i knew i was going to wrestle probably probably that year i went seven and six i knew i was going to wrestle in college not because that's just what we did i mean that's Mm -hmm. and my thought process was that's just what what i what i'm going to do wasn't that I was great. I knew I wasn't great. I just thought that's what you did. You go to, you play sports and then you go to college and play sports. So that's, that's why I, I guess I, I never in, in my mind ever doubted that I would wrestle in college. Well, what about any other sports? Uh, I ran cross country. My dad was really upset with that. Really? Uh, I, I was, I played football through my freshman year and I was a starter. I was a, a corner and stuff and I, I'm not great, but I, I started and, uh, Actually, Brent Hagan was the cross country coach, also. And Greed, you you're not going to, you're not playing football in college, but you're going to wrestle in college. And here's what we're going to do you're going to come, you're going to run cross country. After cross country is done, or two, at the time when I started, he tricked me because it was two miles. So it was fine. <laughs> and then we're going to go, you're going to lift weights uh, every other day. And the other days, I'm going to, I'm going to open the wrestling room up and you guys are just going to go do takedowns. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was a preseason preseason wrestling was all it was and so that's and then the next year i went to 3.2 or whatever the it's a 5k now and that was yeah. that that was ridiculous but i stuck it out because I, I don't quit things but so i did that i wrestled um i played baseball and and i was again baseball i i was not great but i was on the team and and i did a lot of jv um got really good at spitting sunflower seeds through the fence without hitting the fence there was points <laughs> And and I was an okay hitter. Usually I I was the DH for our JV team. So, and I I can honestly brag this. I have a thousand varsity batting average. um, Wow. uh, One stolen base because uh, here's the story. So I get to play one varsity game. I was really working hard and I was playing second base and I'd stay after. And this is my, would be my junior year. And so they let me go to the Carroll tournament and it was like three or four games. So I got in for, got in and they had me bat first. And I look down and I see the bunt signal. I bunt and I got to first base and then I see the I steel know. signal. I got to second base. I got hit over to third base and I got my butt chewed because I had missed the, the wipe off on the butt and I missed the wipe off on the steel and I never played another inning. Wow. <laughs> so that was my baseball story, but mm-hmm. I do have a thousand batting average as a varsity batter. So that's pretty, pretty impressive. Yes. You know, yes. So I'll, I'll live with that one for the rest of my life. <laughs> Yeah. So that was, that was cool. So I, I did that. I never, I, I played tennis, but Dennison was really good at tennis. So I had a couple of friends that played varsity and I, I just would play with them.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: then I just, I never went out and I never did track because it didn't make sense to run in a circle to me. Yeah. That's no fun. So yeah. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> but that's, you know, and I love volleyball. If there had been men's volleyball or boys volleyball, I would have, Mm -hmm. I would have played that. I did in college, a little bit of club stuff and we were close to Omaha. So we'd go in and play and play leagues in Omaha. Oh, nice. Okay. And really love that sport too. Yeah. Did you
1: like, when you started to progress through your wrestling career, did you start noticing yourself making some gains?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we always, so our, our wrestling club, uh, always paid for like a hundred dollars to go to a camp. So my friends, I, there's a group of us that were freshmen, similar to why I'm talking about how some of these are my, my team is at Ridgeview. I have a group of five, there's a group of five or six of us that, um, you know, from the early beginning, even when I wasn't doing well, we'd come up to the high school practices during middle school, you know, after middle school was over, we would, uh, wrestle together a lot. So then we started going to, to camps and actually our first camp was uh, Al Baxter wrestling club or Al Baxter, uh, camp. And that was a good one. Uh, dresser was there. I remember that. Um, cause I think dresser's brother maybe wrestled for BV. I think I, I could be, I might be wrong on that, but, uh, anyway, uh, went to that one. That was really good. The following year, um, uh, we did the Iowa state wrestling camp the year that they beat Iowa for the, you know, when Iowa put the 10 on their singlets. Yeah, yeah. So then, and, and that was pretty cool because like that camp, uh, Chad Zapato was also, uh, about my age and Chad was at that camp. And, um, that, that camp kind of was a breakout camp for them because they always had a tournament and I did win the the camp tournament that year. And I, I was pretty happy with that. But then I got back to Dennis and, and Hagan was a, uh, a UNI guy. And so Schwab's came down, Mark and Mike would come down quite a bit and just do little clinics for us. And we were doing a freestyle Greco clinic right after that Iowa state camp. And, uh, he said, Hey, heard you heard you did really well. And as just coach and I were there. And, and so he said, well, let's, let's see what you learned. And oh my God, he beat the crap out of me. Just, <laughs> I think he did it just to let me know that, that, you know, Hey, you, you, you did good, but you got a long ways to go. Uh-huh. And, uh, and honestly, um, he never, I never took Brent Hagen down. And we wrestled a lot, <laughs> and I mean, he never. I mean, he he would let brand new wrestler take him down in practice, and I never took the man down. And we're both fireman's carries people, so he taught me. Uh, I mean, I I taught a million people fireman's carries from just how he ta- taught it, and it's different than a lot of people teach. So I I I'm really thankful for him. Um, and then we went to Randy Lewis wrestling camp between oh. my junior senior year up, yeah. at, and we were at Vermillion. And that had uh, Brad Penrith, uh, Rico Ciparelli, Royce Alger. Uh, just, yes. I mean, it was it was a fantastic camp, and, and that was crazy. But that was the first time I realized that Iowa wrestling was different than other states. Like, none of the guys on my team had even been to state yet, and we were just tearing this camp up. Kids were like, man, are you guys all state champs? We're like, uh-huh. we, we haven't qualified. We haven't got out of sections." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh my God!" And these are Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota kids. You know, mm-hmm. it, was just, it wasn't the same. So yeah, that's that's kind of when I started realizing that you know we weren't bad. You know, mm-hmm. and you're in Iowa, and you're you're it, it was a grind. I mean, I had a lot, a lot of the guys in my area.
0: I mean,
2: my one of my good friends that I wrestled in college with Scott Stickler was in my district, and that's actually who I didn't get to go to districts from. But he was a he placed fourth at state that year, and then he's placed fourth at NAIAs. Um, he coaches at Clarinda. His son was really pretty decent down there. You know, I mean, so I had it was just tough. There was a mm-hmm. lot of really tough people. Um, you know, uh, uh, Derek Briggs. I don't know if that name rings a bell or not. He's coached at Akron Westfield a long time. Um, he was from Alta Aurelia. We wrestled I, probably 10 times in our lifetime because I wrestled him in the finals of the Ida Grove, uh, the, which would be the Herb Bergens now, the Ida Grove tournament, big two-day tournament, wrestling him there. He ended up being a national champion in the I, you know, and uh-huh. I, I, you know, the only time I've had overtime matches with him, I've had, you know, matches where we've, just just tore it up. There's one where we probably, if it would be today, we probably both been out on concussion protocol because we shot at the same time, and I think we both got knocked out. But yeah. so we finished the match, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> the only time I have him was a old timers tournament. Uh, I, I I caught him uh, two to two to one. <laughs> <And> <laughs> one where we both couldn't breathe. So that was about both of our last matches that we've ever yeah. had. In our lives. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah. So I mean, just the guys that I wrestled in our area at the time it was tough. It was tough wrestling. It was good wrestling. You know, the brands weren't too much different in age than me either. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: we're up in Sheldon at the time. I remember watching them at state. I remember watching Dan Knight. you know, get his fourth title. I, you know, all, all these guys, you know, that was, that was Iowa rest high school wrestling at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it was, and, tough. You, and you went out of state,
1: you know, you went to Dana college, which yeah, that's here in Nebraska. Yeah. Yep. You I know. I, How, how'd I, you land there?
2: Well, it was honestly the only guy that offered me any scholarship. <laughs> so that's how I landed there. Uh, and actually my cousin, Tim, passed, who now is a coach in South Dakota. He's older than my brother, but he coaches out in uh, Rapid City. Really good school out there. I can't think of the name of it. But uh, uh, he, he had wrestled one year at Dana. And honestly, I was there and I was like, I'll never wrestle here. <laughs> they never because uh, Ron Beeman was my coach and he gave me. He gave me not a huge scholarship, but I think Dana was like ten eleven thousand dollars at the time, so um, I think I got like a three four thousand dollar scholarship so you know third third ish of the uh-huh. of it I was but that was the only money I got for wrestling, and you know that i those years i would never would never take away I, uh-huh. those are some of the best that four years of college wrestling meant a lot to me. It really did yeah and i I mean.
1: I can commend anybody who does any athletics at the next level, you know, no matter what college it's for, no matter what level, like it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's a commitment and especially wrestling. Yeah.
2: I spent my, my, so I made the mistake. We had some open mat stuff and Craig Perkins was the 142 pound starter for Dana that my freshman year, he was a sophomore from Shenandoah good dude. But I made the mistake. I, I hit a, a lefty headlock on the very first time we wrestled as the freshman. He's the, the varsity <laughs> dude. And it didn't make him very happy. And so I spent a lot of my freshman year pinned up against a wall trying to fight off a wall, you know, and it just, it, there's a different level of college wrestling. Sometimes I'll, I'll say people would rather hurt you than beat you. And that's kind of sometimes the style that it is. And, and you have to learn, you either adapt to that style or you just get out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I adapted. I enjoyed it. I like, I, I had fun. I like grinding. You know? So Dana was, and Dana was all Southwest Iowa guys for the most part, Southwest Iowa, you know, Omaha, Nebraska area, uh-huh. um, Howells. We had some guys coming down from Howells and Oakland and things like that. And it was just a bunch of misfits that came together and didn't <laughs> do bad. We were always a top you know, 20 team. For the time, and you know, we qualify anywhere from five, and I think my junior and senior year, we took all ten. And I don't wow. think from the time we did that. I don't think Dana ever didn't take ten. You know, they won the nationals in two thousand six. They never lost a GPAC title while they were in the GPAC, which is a tough conference for for college wrestling and stuff. So that Dana, they did well. There's mm-hmm. there's there a couple other schools in the area you know, like we we competed a lot with Westmar which West Mars closed down now too. They were in Lamars. And then uh, uh, Northwestern was kind of the two big schools and we were good friends with the coaches, the athletes and, and stuff there. So yeah, that was, it was, it was fun. There was a lot of camaraderie in that also. And I think that that might be part of it. I, I really got to be friends with people on other teams for the first time. That mm-hmm. didn't happen in high school. You didn't like your rivals, but right. in college, <laughs> in rivals in college, sometimes we'd go have a, have a beverage, you know, here and there mm-hmm. and kind of get to know each other. So it was kind of cool. Was it nice, you know, when, when you received that
1: scholarship, you know, no matter, even though it was only a third, you know, somebody kind of believed in you to, to come and compete for their school.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool. Cause I, I was always expected to be a state qualifier. I was one of two people on our team that if it, you would ask anybody our junior and senior year, Oh, that's you know, it, it'd be this, yeah, he'll be a state qualifier. And mm-hmm. so it it hurt, it hurt not being a state qualifier. And I just never felt like I was done. I mean, how I still wrestled until a couple of years ago, I was wrestling quite a bit. Now my, my body's starting to not, not allow that as much, but mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I'm, I'm still not done really. I, I just love the sport and, I didn't want to end it there. I didn't want to end it on something that I wasn't really proud of, you know? So that's, that's probably what drove me to go to Dana and then they they gave me money. So (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm going here.
1: How, how tough was it or how long did it take you to get over kind of that letdown of not making it to the state tournament?
2: (sighs) You know, it, it, it was a few weeks. Uh, I know that for sure, but I had, I had, you know, good. Good group of friends, and we we were pretty tight. And we did things like you know, like a little, we cut weight dumb, stupid yep. ways, you know. Right. Like, and so every year after wrestling, we we'd have a get fat party, and it was basically everybody brought, everybody that. brought all kinds of horrible food to eat. Yep. We'd weigh at the beginning of the night, and we weigh <laughs> at the end of the night. And the goal was to see who could actually gain the most weight, and it was mm-hmm. always a John's house, and his parents just embraced the whole thing because his dad was a wrestler, and just it was it was fun. So we did that shortly after season, you know. And I went from wrestling at one twenty five, and I know I weighed about one one fifty ish somewhere in the neighborhood about a week <laughs> or so later. Yeah. So it was just really nice to eat. <laughs> <You> know, <'cause laughs> again, those I'm so happy those days of cutting like that are over. Yeah. It was dumb. It was stupid, and and just, it wasn't, I spent a whole year worrying about my weight and not worrying about getting better, you know? So, and then kind of how the sport was at the time. So yeah, it, it took me a while. Um, it went out and saw my brother, he taught school in Las Vegas at the time. So that didn't hurt to get away and, and go out. I hung out at his school cause they were all, you know, I was still in school and he was teaching school. So I spent about a week in, in Faith Lutheran high school in, in Las Vegas, Nevada, and met a bunch of people there and you know, I got over it and then I started training again, started lifting. So, wow. Uh, well, real
1: quick, back to the, the, what, what, what kind of party do you call it? The overweight or gain weight, oh, get, fat,
2: get, get, get fat party, get yeah. fat party. Get so fat party.
1: Some of the totals, let's, let's hear who, you know, some of the, you know, I, I can't people... remember
2: for sure, but I mean, there would be like a four and five pound weight gain in the night and that's after gaining all that initial water weight right. back, after, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it takes, it takes some effort to gain that kind of weight in, in one night. <laughs> yeah. and it, it was fun, man. And we'd stay up all night watching stupid movies and, mm-hmm. and my friend, Sean, his dad, they had like the, the house that had the, the little bar and he had a great stereo system. And he, they had the first five CD changer that I can remember ever seeing, uh, yes. and, mm-hmm. and they had reel to reel and albums, and because you know, so and we were all into hair bands and stuff at the time, and <laughs> so we'd listen to a lot of a lot of you know metal music and really mm-hmm. loud. His parents never didn't care; it was just <laughs> they, they kind of thrived on it too. So it was it was really fun.
1: Yeah, as a high school kid, you know, thinking back, that just sounds like just one heck of a A time, honestly, something that like we all would would want to do after a wrestling season, after a hard working season where you just bust your butt. Yep. You know, you get to enjoy yourself for a little bit, let
2: loose. Yeah. Drink some milk. Yep. And you know, I I know Sean and I cut the most on the team, and I don't think, and I know it was against the rules, but people looked the other way back then. Mm -hmm. I I know the last the Thursday and Friday before tournament, there, there wasn't a night I didn't practice in plastics. Mm-hmm. You know, cutting eight nine pounds of water weight in a night, and and just feeling like crap. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: when did you like when you got into college? did Did any of that mindset change
2: for cutting weight, or did it travel it was gonna go down to thirty three because I got pretty. I mean, I got big. Actually, Coach Beeman he said he didn't even recognize me. He had to ask who I was, ask someone who I was the first time because I didn't look the same because my face was <laughs> just like a big chipmunk. Yeah, he. he, I was gonna go to 33, and I remember I was the night before the UNO open, or maybe it was two nights before, and I called him and I said, "Coach, this is. I'm not having any fun." And he's like, "I never told you you had to go to 33. Wrestle where you want to." And I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go 42. (laughs) Is that fine?" And he's like, "Yeah, go 42. I don't care." And so I wrestled 42 all all four years.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Typically, I'd come in between 100 and 165 pounds. But that was, I mean, that was uh, full feed, right? Several beverages, oil that, that you know, just, I, I was not, I'd lift weights, but I didn't do a lot of that stuff. So that, that 15, 20 pounds, and, and, and you got to remember back then we got weight allowance at the beginning of season. We had a four pound weight allowance in November and every wow. month it went down, uh, we only made scratch weight uh, at regional and, and nationals and then we weighed in typically the night before at home so you know it was different you you get done practicing you weigh in you go eat you know so the cut wasn't nearly as bad mm-hmm. uh, so uh, 42 is a great weight for me i i loved it i i enjoyed it i was able to still eat have fun maybe maybe my the last day i would have to not eat that day and work out a couple extra times do some running but it wasn't it wasn't uh I, I could go to class and I could study and I could do that. And 42 was just a fine way for me. And I mm-hmm. stayed there all four years. So,
1: yeah. So, you know, that first year, so your freshman year, then going to your sophomore year. Did you have your sights set on like what were your goals, you know, without having qualified for state uh, throughout your high school career? Like what were they going into your, your college career?
2: Well, I think just being on a varsity team, making the varsity was probably my initial goal. Once I did that, and, I, and, it, and basically it happened the same way, um, I had a, there was a Kansas State champion, and I had several Nebraska runners up at my weight, and, and typically as a freshman I'd actually wrestle up at 150 because I said uh, Craig Perkins was at uh, 142, and when he would go up to 50, I would go to 42, vice versa. I was, so I ended up uh, at a tournament beating uh, a guy on our team that was a Kansas State champion. And then I had two Nebraska runners up behind me the, all four years of, of that. So um, once I started getting into the varsity lineup and I got some wins, even, you know, I, my first win I know was against Westmar. Um, I remember that night. That was that was a cool night because I hit, hit a fireman's carry. And I, and I like that little side-by-side headlock, the kind of Merkel position.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I hit two of those in one match, you know. So, I mean, I'm kind of a free open wrestler. I, I like to I like to score points. Uh, so I'll remember that match probably most of my life. Then it was kind of, maybe I could be an all American, maybe I could and stuff. And then, um, I ended up qualifying my, my sophomore year, um, NAIs qualified a little different than NCA's. Uh, if you were top three regional, you went, or if you had a, I think it was a two thirds record at the time. And so I can't remember if I hit two thirds record that year, but I know I qualified, I got third at the regional. So I qualified and stuff. And that was, I ended up wrestling the, the number one seed that year and um, didn't wrestle very long against the number one seed that year. <laughs> and then I think that was out in Butte, Montana, if I remember right, that, that first one. And so it was a long ride out, but it was the first time I'd been in an arena wrestling, the tournament and stuff. So that was pretty cool. Um, came back the next year, a little, lot more confident and, and had a, had a pretty good season. I know I had over 20 wins that year. Um, uh, probably top two I, I when you could also qualify at, at different times throughout the year at uh placing at tournaments and I was top two at a lot of tournaments um we you know just I know I qualified a couple times over that year went out again this was at Hayes Kansas and again had number one seed so either I got drawn in badly or i was the worst wrestler in the bracket i'm not sure oh, which right. uh, didn't matter so that that tournament didn't go very well for me either Uh the senior year, I remember I had not qualified till the regional, and I ended up having to uh, beat Joe Parisi. And if you any, any, no NAI wrestling at all, Joe Parisi wrestled from Missouri Valley College and then became Lyndon Woods' coach that took them from NAI to Division II. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Parisi, there's actually a tournament named after Joe. You know, so I always say, hey, you know, I beat Joe. Where's my tournament? (laughs) But And and, and I'm going to tell you, he was probably a better wrestler than I was. But I really, I wanted it that day because I didn't want to go and not qualify. So Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I I know I won. I beat, I won that match and I ended up getting second. I believe I got second behind Derek Briggs, who we talked about earlier. Mm Stuff. So so I got to go to that tournament. I didn't get a good seed. Um, Seeding was done differently back then as far as, well, it was done regionally. You had your. A regional person doing your seating so um it was actually the missouri valley coach and so i i don't know he maybe didn't didn't hold me up there very high standards or something I, I got kind of a crap seed um ended up i think i think i just won one match maybe it was two um that was honestly that was, that was it was a good finish for me i felt really good about a tournament finally winning a match at nationals mm-hmm. Kind of felt validated um but then also this is where I knew I loved wrestling because I uncontrollably, I went up and I found uh, coach Beeman and I thanked him for giving me the opportunity. And then I just started crying and uh, sorry. And I just, I didn't know why. And I think I, now I know, cause it was, I knew it was over, you know, I, I felt like it was all over now and stuff. So that was, it was rough. I, I took not being an athlete anymore, not being a wrestler pretty hard. I, mm-hmm. I didn't do very well last semester. Um, I, I, pretty much, I pretty much checked out my last semester there at Anna and stuff. And it, it took me, it took quite a while for me to, to come out of that, that funk. Because, you know, your identity, I think they do a lot better job now of kind of preparing kids for that and understanding. But your identity from a young age is, you know, you're a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're not. And that was really, really tough for me. I will tell you that.
1: What kind of snapped you out of it then or you know what what was the turning point after that I kind and of got it,
2: if if we get into I'm I'm going to get into some deep dark stuff in my life but it, that's what has to happen sometimes you know. Um I will say I was not a great person. Uh got married. My wife and I went out a lot. Um had had uh had my oldest daughter, um had my my son. Uh, uh my son was 15 months old and uh died of SIDS and so I had to bury my child which is a very difficult thing to do and so I had a choice to make at that point in time in my life I was either going to go down a really dark hole Mm -hmm. or I had to find an outlet out and that's when uh Brent Hagen my my high school coach said hey I need a coach I need somebody to help me coach so I did my coaching authorization. Uh, I did it at Western Iowa Tech in Denison, and it was cool because uh, it was all my high school teachers and coaches that that taught it. It was uh, uh, Brent Hagen taught a class. Denny Locken, who was a boys basketball coach, who's an awesome dude, taught it, taught one of the classes. Dave Webers, who you know was an awesome football coach, and he's still in the administration there. There's that's actually his brother's the one that hired me at Ridgeview, coached or taught that class. And so I, I got, I coached, that's, that's, that got me out of it. That, that, that was my, that was the turning point is having coach Hagen say, I need you and just getting back into wrestling. That was in 1999. So, you know, it, it was rough. It was, it was, that was a rough part of my life. And, but I wouldn't, at this point in time, it's what led me where I'm at.
0: So,
1: Oh, well, I thank you for sharing that with me and and with the listeners. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people come on here and and they've been through some some tough times too. And so, I just appreciate you opening up and and sharing that part of your story. Um, do you use that as as um, do you use that today um, for perspective on your life or perspective with your athletes? Is, is there any of that that kind
0: of helps form well, my, the coach yeah. you are now?
2: Yeah. I share that with, with the athletes all the time. I think it's good for the, especially high school kids to know that, man, you know, I was thought of like my coaches and teachers as like invincible and they were, you know, yes. Yes. I think it's good for them to know that, man, you know, sometimes our life isn't great too, but I always use it. Sorry. Sometimes I use it as the whole fact that um, that's why we wrestle. It's, you know, it's not, it's not to win and lose. It's sorry. <laughs> if you watch sanction, you know, I, I get emotional pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's what, what's, it's that fight in us. That's, you know, I, it's things like this, you know, wrestling a match, we might think is hard winning, losing. We might think a loss is hard, but until life really hits you and then you can draw back on those things that you learned. That's when wrestling's important. So mm-hmm. yeah, use that all the time. I do. And, and I don't use it. I mean, I don't like try to guilt people into anything. I just I tell them that's my story. And, and this is why we wrestle. And this is why we're wrestlers, you know. Just the other day at the state tournament, uh, Tatum Shepard had a had a, a really tough loss in the semifinals. Um, winning, you know, winning the match. Her dream was to be on top of that podium. And and she got headlocked, you know. One small, out of position for she won forty eight matches this year, and she was out of position one time, <laughs> and that one time cost her probably either a state title or a runner up, mm-hmm. and that was rough on her because she's like, I don't know if I can go back out there. It's so hard. It's so hard. And that's when we st- I started in on, you know, that's not hard, Katie. Yeah. Right now it feels hard, but why we do this? And we went through everything. I said, why did you get up at six o'clock in the morning when you didn't want to? You had to get up. You had to. You knew you had to get up. Why do you have a 4.0? You don't you don't want to study every night, but you do study every night. You have to study, right? Because it's part of who you are. You're it's in your DNA. And I said, All these practices, all this extra work that you put in, it's not because you want to, it's because you have to, because it it is. You are a wrestler, and that's what wrestlers do wow yeah and then and then she went out you know she won her last match and if you saw any of it the blood was running down her face because she was hiding her face because she knew she had a bloody nose and she was working for that she had she had chicken wings in and she was she hit her face underneath the girl and i couldn't figure out why she wasn't putting her head up and arching her back and then i found out why because she did a complete veteran move by hiding her face and knew the match would get stopped yeah (laughs) so you know that was that was Pretty, pretty good for her to, for her to come back like that was, was amazing. Uh You know, I had two girls that ended up in that same situation, you know, Izzy Deeds Uh uh, returning state champion. What people don't see is the fact that Izzy had uh, labrum tear surgery in the early, early fall. And she was back on the mat. Uh, She had that done in either late August, early September. And she was back on the mat wrestling in uh, January. And that's typically a nine month recovery. And she was there about three. So whether she should have been on the mat or not, that's one tough kid. And then for her to go, she went 24 and three and placed fifth. And her last two matches, she couldn't even use her arm. It didn't work. It, It would just, it. so, you know, I know we, we, we look at kids and we, we think how awesome they are and invincible they are, but then, you know, something like that. I think honestly, that was a, a bigger, harder performance to get fifth place this year for than last year getting first. I think that's a gutsier performance. And, and I just, you know, kids like that are rare.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. A lot of good stuff there, coach. Um, You know, using your experience and your life experience to propel your coaching to the next level, I think is, is challenging. But if you accept it and you use it in the right way, like you're using it, it can be very rewarding and very useful for athletes. Like, the, what do they call it? The semi slide, you know, yeah. when you're beating the semis and you go to the backside and you get beat again. Then you finish six and you're like, well, pff, you know. Yep, I but, suck. You know, um, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I, I did see, you know, Tatum got beat and she, you know, but to come out and get fifth and like you're saying, Izzy, to get fifth under those circumstances, it is, I is—I—I I would argue it is more difficult because you have to come back from a loss. It's mm-hmm. easy to keep winning and win a state title. I mean, it's not easy in the fact that you still have to go out there and perform, but yeah. bouncing back from a loss when you have a mindset of I'm going to win a state title. I mean, that's, that is very difficult.
2: It's and then add in, add in yeah. the injury. It, yeah. You know? it's It's so difficult, but you know, we talk about those things throughout the year. We talk about How are you going to, you know, the wins and losses don't define us. And how are you going to, how are you going to perform when adversity strikes? You know, we talk about those things. Are you going to give up or are you going to get third? Are you going to give up? or Are you going to come back and wrestle? No. And we, we, that's part of everyday speech in our our room, you know, and I don't preach wins and losses a lot, but I preach, I preach how we react to situations. That's, that's it. Are you going to give up? No, we're not going to give up part of our, our every day and every team I've ever coached. um, And I I guess I've only been the head coach for three years. So it's, it's all my AAU teams. Every time we break it down to family and uh, it's, it's easy to say that most teams, a lot of teams use family, but we define family. Um, It's, it's forget about me. I love you. And then when we talk about that, let's break that down farther. What does that actually mean? Um, You know, are We're so worried about saying words like family and love because we put these connotations on it like, oh, my God, a, a male coach said he loved his, his athletes. That's horrible. But we talk about it in, in the terms of that we have to give. Um, that's what love is. We're giving something without expecting things back. And what we give is is our effort. We give our, uh, you know, we're never going to quit. We're not going to give up on another athlete. So if someone's struggling, we're going to pick that person up because that's our true strength is we pick people up, not put people down, um, you know, things like that. And we talk about these things in our practice. And and I think especially bringing four school districts together this year, it, it took that type of philosophy because it was a little bit rough at the beginning. Um, they didn't know each other. Um, but I will tell you by the end of this year, they didn't care that those girls were from another school that no one cared where they, they broke it down to family every day and they meant it and it was loud and proud and we're proud of that, that, at our school. I mean, that's, that's how I coach and I will coach every team I ever do that way because it's important to be able to give to others um, without expecting something back.
1: Yeah, I can, I can see how that would be difficult when you don't go to the same school and the classes. You don't have that kind of relationship. You don't see them in the hallway. Yep. You know, that lunchroom, whatever cafeteria. You know. Um, but wh- where did this mindset of family and all that? Where did that originate? And where, where, had, like, yeah, I'll, I just want to know the origin of it. it, it you, you know, like you have very deep passion for it, and I'm just like, well, where did this come from?
2: I, you know I, I I don't know I think that it's just always been in there I, that's mm-hmm. how I, I view wrestling and no, and most people do view wrestling as a as a large family and I just i I believe that the, the more we use that and and stuff that the more they believe it because i I think it's important to have that that relationship with each other not just in wrestling but in all things you know if, if we even in work or in in your lifetime let's let's just I, 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 draw from other coaches all the time and we all do, uh-huh. but I really, I mean, I'll, I, I know none of, none of what I, I preach is probably directly from me. Um, I spent time at Grandview listening to coach Mitchell. If you've ever listened to coach Mitchell. Oh my God. I'm I first time I met him, I'm 49 years old. And I think I would have gone. I think if I had any eligibility left, I'd have been wrestling. <laughs> that. Uh-huh. Cause that guy just, it, and he doesn't get loud, but he's inspiring. And and he talks, you know, championship lifestyle about everything in your life. You need to do to the to the utmost because where do you draw a line? Well, I can I can slack off on my homework, but I'm gonna be a really good wrestler. No, nope, that'll bleed into your wrestling sooner or later. I can be a really crappy boyfriend, but I'm going to be a really good wrestler. Nope. Sooner or later, that's going to bleed in. Your relationships are going to bleed into something. And and that's how later in life, if you, if you don't strive to be your best at everything, you're going to, you're just not going to be good at anything. So that's my stuff from coach Mitchell. Um, I, I listen to a lot of motivational speakers because I think they all have some good stuff. Uh, Brent Hagan, uh, my coach was really good at talking about uh, wrestling as hard as you can for as long as you can. Good things will happen. I promise you, I use that a lot. Um, you know, listening to my brother, because I mean, he was a huge influence on my life, uh, super person and and just hearing things that he says and and things. Yeah. I, uh, Jason Shepard, who I coach with every day, the guy's a professor at BV and one of the smartest people I know. And, he says so many good things that you know he's 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 a great educator And I learned from him. I learned from everybody around me and stuff. And the whole family thing is just something I I truly believe in. I I think my generation ruined a lot of things. You know, people complain about participation trophies. Well, my generation is the ones that decided it was okay to give kids participation trophies. So why are we the ones complaining about kids, how we brought kids up now? Because we did this. I talked to him the other day about that. I said, we ruined it for you guys because we took away the fact that losing is okay. That's where it came from. Oh, everybody's got to be good. Everybody's this and that. No, losing is the best thing that could ever freaking happen to you because if you don't lose, you won't get better. And so there's, you know, there's some of that in, that, that I draw on. Um, I told you already that our generation, you know, took away that whole, the, the idea of, of being able to just, just say I love you to somebody and, and not have it in some dirty connotation. You know, it's, it doesn't mean anything. At all it means is I care about you and I'll do anything in the world for you and I won't expect anything back from you. And I think it's important, especially for the girls to hear that because I don't want them to think, I, I don't want them to have some weird, uh, idea what love is and then oh love is some guy i i have to be with this guy it's okay that he hit me you know that types of things i want him to know that no it's that's not what it is you know they need to know what 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 somebody truly caring about them is and it and it doesn't have to be there's nothing coming back in return it's just you have to be able to give um you know i those are the types of things that that drive me in this sport yet and that's why I coach girls because I think they need to hear it differently than guys need to hear it Mm -hmm. so i I believe i believe in the mission and and there's so many people in this state and around the country that are amazing amazing people that i get to work with you know i've uh through girls wrestling i've i've met uh incredible coaches emma randall uh she coaches at columbia university right now she was a on the olympic staff she was the junior development coach when i first started And I went to a clinic with her. So she changed my whole thought process on wins and losses. She had said in this thing, and and I've sat with this woman for an hour once and just picked her brain. But at the Olympic level, at at our highest level, we don't even talk about wins and losses. We talk about improvement. That's what we're after is getting better every day. And I was like, and then she talked about for having new wrestlers and females that are just getting started in this sport. We need to change our perspective on what is wins and losses. What is, what is good? Um, Maybe it's making it 30 seconds into a match because we've never done that before. Maybe it's getting a shot off because we've never had the guts to take a shot. Maybe it's finishing a takedown, things like that. So we redefine what success is a lot with our younger, with our newer wrestlers. So they have, they can feel success. And I do that at the AAU level. I never coach our top, like a twin river duels coming up. I never coach our top team at twin rivers. I always coach one of the, what we would call a developmental team just because I, that's where I, I feel like that's where I fit in the best because I'm going to work with somebody. I'm going to make them feel good that they went out and wrestled today and, they maybe didn't win a match, but they still are enjoying the sport and they're still all right with being out. You know? So I, I think that's, that's something that I do well. Um, We, we do that at at several tournaments and I, that's the type of wrestlers I want to coach. Of course, it's, it's fun and it's great to coach those top teams. And when we go down to Disney, yeah, I do get to coach some really good people, but uh, you know, that's, that's fun. And yeah,
1: I don't know. Sorry if
2: it went out on a rant there.
1: <laughs> oh no, that's okay. I, you know, a thought that came to my mind was um, during unsanctioned. I believe that happened with one of your one of your wrestlers. She was new. I'm trying to remember, but she went out there and I think her first match she got pinned. But then oh, like she, the next match, what's that? Was it Shania? Yeah, I think it was. Yes, that that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. the little, the little things, you know, what, what, I forget what happened next. If she got a takedown or went to all three periods or something. And it was like, yep. you were like so excited for
2: her. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she started wrestling last year and she is going to wrestle in college next year. Wow. <laughs> she signed her letter of intent to go to BV, ah. you know, it's. it's yeah, So I'll actually get to hang out with her a little bit longer. So yeah, she's, you know, went from starting wrestling last year. She had 24 wins this year. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's just crazy. Now, I, I bring that stuff up too with my, I told you I didn't win any matches. I tell mm-hmm. girls that all the time. I didn't win matches for three years. You guys are going out and win nine, 10 matches as first year wrestler. It's, it's almost mm-hmm. embarrassing to me, you know, because I didn't get that opportunity to have that success. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, I, that's part of the, part of what I enjoy about this sport and, and the girls end of the sport a lot.
1: Yeah. How, how did you, um, implement family into your program? Cause I, I think I heard you say it earlier that like, you know, we preach it, but it's one thing to preach it. And it's another thing to incorporate it into
2: your team. Well, if you're, it, it works really well in the duels. Um, but it, it works all the way through tournaments too. Cause we talk about winning tournaments also, um, in a duel, if you're going to, you're, you're not going to give up. You're not going to, because your family's relying on you. Your friends are relying on you. We can't get pinned because sometimes the difference between winning a duel and not winning a duel is someone not getting pinned. So if you're going to go out and wrestle on this team and be part of this family, we don't quit. We don't fight. We always fight for our family and we're going to support our family. So I think it's really important when we're on this uh, when one, on the bench, if you have a quiet bench, you have a losing team, right? So we're going to, we're going to support our family to the fullest. We're going to be loud and proud on the side and we're going to make noise and we're going to intimidate other teams because other teams may be scared to make noise for their teammate. We're going to be loud and, and you're going to support them and you're going to fight. And you know what? If someone loses, it's okay. We're still going to pick that person up.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And then if they win, then we're really celebrating. And then when we win as a team, you know, it doesn't matter if you won or lost because the whole team won. doesn't matter if you didn't even get a wrestle that night because you're still part of this team. You're still part of the, you're part of the family and the family won tonight. That's how I incorporate it. Hmm. Very,
1: very well said. Cause you're right. You can, like, if, if you look over a tournament or practice or wrestling season, like there's a lot of different ways you can incorporate family into it. And, you're seizing the opportunity. You're doing it the right way. Obviously, you know, I mean, you had a girl go from a uh, few wins to 24 in a matter of a year. So yeah. have you kind of sat back and looked over your career and your, your coaching so far and just like been able to take it in at how, how much you've done for the sport and how much you're doing actively for the sport?
2: Um, it's, it's, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a person that looks at, I don't I don't. brag, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's not how I was brought up, but it, it's it's neat to see where the sport came from. Like when I was with Keegan to start, I remember, I believe it was her first year, might've been her sophomore year. Um, we got really excited because they had 66 girls, I believe it was 66 girls in Iowa wrestling. That might've been her sophomore year. So they actually made shirts, Charlotte Bailey made shirts that said, mm-hmm. It had the Route 66 sign on it because they had 66 girls that wrestled. (laughs) And at at 66, people were saying, we need to sanction this sport. And, like, we had 66 girls. That's not even, like, Waverly-Shelbrock probably has 90 kids out. (laughs) (laughs) It's super awesome one team. And then it was like a hundred the next year and people were so excited. We got a sanction. There's a hundred kids. I'm like, that's not even the size of a one a school. <laughs> you know? That's like, that's a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of people. And so, so it was really, it's, it was cool to see the advancement. I was at the very first Ogden uh, girls tournament that that they put on the very first one that IWCOA said, okay, you can run a tournament, mm-hmm. 11 girls, you know, and in that 11 girls uh, there was Keegan first commit to Grandview. Shay Mickey from Kingsley Pearson wrestles at Grandview. Uh, Allie Anderson wrestles at Grandview. Uh, wow. Chloe, Chloe Kerbosh wrestles at Grandview. Um, I'm trying to think if I, I don't want to miss anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I mean, that very first one, I can think of four girls out of the 11 that are wrestling for Grandview. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so just being seeing the progression there was it was awesome as it grew and we're like oh there's 300 girls in the state and then there's holy crap we have 400 girls at the tournament oh my gosh we have 700 girls at this tournament and it's like wow. what is going on this is amazing there's 1200 girls wrestling in the state and then uh you know the sanctioning uh you know i think we all knew it was going to happen that night because it wasn't it was probably the worst kept secret ever mm-hmm. um but as they they flipped those signs just the the tears coming out of you know myself, grown man, Dave Storm, big dude, yep, <laughs> tears yep, yep. out of his eyes. Yep. You know that was that was really amazing stuff. It really was. And what the girls' union has done this year with it, oh my God, it's just I mean twenty five, almost twenty five hundred girls in the state of wrestling, hundred and almost one hundred and ninety teams. And that's I mean there if if we weren't so many consolidations, there'd probably be even more teams. Sell out first day of the state tournament, standing room only, which I mean, how people were there's people complaining, yep, I'm sorry you couldn't get in, but who could have ever expected that? The year before, we had more girls wrestling in the tournament because it was unlimited numbers, and we didn't, it was crickets in there. And then for this tournament, standing room only all the way through, the finals was loud. It was, oh my God, just an amazing job. The, and everybody, I mean, there's all these tournaments we went to had 20 plus teams. We were starting wrestling at nine, ten o'clock in the morning, getting out at seven, eight o'clock at night, uh, just crazy. And then the the AAU side of the, that I do is uh, I work with some awesome people there. Jason Lloyd and Catherine Lloyd. If you've ever met them, they're they're awesome people. Um, Jason has no, no dog in the fight. His, he doesn't have a child that wrestles girls wrestling. AAU. puts all of his time in and effort to do. I mean, the twin river duels has become, went from two teams like four year, four or five years ago to the largest dual team tournament for girls in this in the country. Wow. There's 42 teams last year will be bigger this year. Wow. Iowa alone has 17 teams going to the map this year you know, that's amazing dual team stuff for off season. Disney, you know, had like, yeah, like four or five teams. Now we go down to Disney, we wrestle 11 duels in three days, you know, oh, people, wow. I, I, you know, and I, there, there's, there's always the stupid riff between AAU and USA. And I think we have the right people in place now to get rid of that riff, especially mm-hmm. on the girls side. Cause they, they have a great staff. We have a great staff. Um, but people say, why, why go to Disney? Is it just a vacation? No, we wrestle 11 matches (laughs) in three days in the middle of summer. Yep. Those kids deserve to go to the, (laughs) go to the resorts and go to the ocean. (laughs) That's a lot of wrestling in the off season, but you know, these girls are getting, you know, if they, if they do the, you know, Fargo series, they do Disney, they do all this stuff. They're getting 20, 30, 40 matches off season. They get another season of wrestling off season Mm -hmm. If you look at the people on the podium, they're the ones doing AAU and USA, and the, and they're that's what it takes, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm proud to be part of one of those organizations that has opportunities out there for for girls. You know, the, the AAU girls state tournament is huge. It's so big they kicked the kicked us to the curb. Now we had to start a, the seventh seventh through twelfth is in Cedar Rapids now because we couldn't fit it in Wells any longer uh, on that day that we just we didn't have time. there's not mm-hmm. enough. Not enough time for it, so you know that we'll we'll kick off our first first ever on our own tournament and that's really kind of scary, but it's all kind of cool you know that <laughs> i I believe there's almost three hundred girls registered for it right now and we're a month out you know so I mean it'll end up probably being six seven hundred girls it's it's pretty awesome you know, so yeah the growth is is amazing it's fun to kick back and it's fun that the the people that I've been doing it with. Mm-hmm. because we're, they're all great people and like i said the you know charlotte bailey at the on the usa side and alexis slade um, uh mcginnis um i've gotten to know him he's like the you know the head coach for for fargo now and stuff on the usa side but then on you know on on the aau side we got jason lloyd cat lloyd josh parks a great dude uh carrie o'connor is a a coach up in uh, Mason city. And we kind of ran into each other about three, four years ago at a JV tournament that had a girls division and she got plugged in. We had uh, summer, summer uh, young comes up from Missouri yet. Her sister is uh, Savannah assisted who got, I think she got fifth this year, but was a state champion year before um, from Creston and she had wrestled in college at Missouri Valley. So, so she comes up and coaches with us. Um, you know, on our team alone, I got you know Jason Shepard and and uh, Joel Bruce, uh, who's the AD at, at River Valley, and we now we refer to him as JB now. Joel Bruce, so I can say you know the other day in practice, JB told me all about this and and stuff. So that's pretty fun. Um, you know, so I just I mean, there's great people in this sport, and all these new coaches that are coaching girls, and they're so excited about it. And you know, uh, Monday night I think we're going to have uh, Northwest Iowa. IWCOA we're going to have a little committee meeting where it's just going to talk about girls' wrestling, and it's the people that want to do it. All of them, these, the people have sent me messages, so you know that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I got uh, th- this will be the only thing I, I. I'm I'm really proud to be part of the girls' union, um, the 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 committee, the board that's that's kind of laying this stuff down because I that is some great minds in there. But Aaron Kirtley if you haven't talked to her before in your life, you need to, that, that woman is amazing. And she did an awesome job and she, she just is really, really impressive. And then to be uh IWCOA is, is cool. I've, I Northwest Iowa's uh, vice president for, for girl, on the girl's side, you know, so I get to be involved in all the IWCOA stuff and man, that's a great group of coaches and they've really, They really do make a difference throughout the year um aau being on the the iowa girls board with the people i mentioned earlier but then this year i got elected as a member at large nationally on the aau board you know we lost we lost west creason to a kind of a crappy deal down there which hurt iowa obviously but it's probably going to end up hurting aau because he took them from being uh in in the red when he took over two years ago to their hundred thousand dollars in the black you know, he doesn't take it. He didn't take a salary. He cut everybody out of that. You know, people think that, you know, maybe he did it for the money. No, he didn't. If people don't know that, um, you know, he he did it to to save a wrestling because it was it was just hemorrhaging money. Um, but then Jason Lloyd and I and, and Jason and I, have, you know, we're both on opposite sides of the state. But we have to share a same mission. You know, we're hooking up these colleges to to do AAU practices and, and invite the girls in for free. You know, the last two, uh, I came home Friday night, discouraged a little bit down, not because the girls got fifth, but I had higher goals and I felt bad for, I, as a coach, you know, you, you feel bad for your athletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you mourn every loss, probably even more so than they do. Um, uh, <laughs> And so I was, I was down. And then Sunday night, we had, I was in, didn't really want to go, but we had our first AAU practice at BV. And I'm like, well, it's, it's right after season. Yeah, we get five or six. I'll be happy with that. We had 20 girls that night, wow. 20 girls from six or seven different school districts. And I was like, wow. And it really energized me. I felt really good about that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we, Thursday night is not typically, uh typically a big night. And I don't a lot of times do the night, the Thursday night stuff just because I work nights. But I said, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna try to go right now for a little while. And typically that's a very small practice, four, five, six. And I called Jason after the practice, Jason Shepard, he he did the boys practice at Ridgeview that night. Um And I said, hey, Jason, just take a guess how many. He goes, well, in a normal world, we're probably looking at five or six. But the bizarre world that we live in now, I'm going to guess we have 15 or 16. I said, Jason, we had 22 girls from eight different school districts at our practice. And that just that that energizes me that it's it's you know, I I keep thinking that how many more years am I going to do this? And then and then stuff like this. happens, And and you know, I, I my goal. And, and I'm, I, my exit plan is I wouldn't I won't leave Ridgeview until it's it's in a better hands than what it's in right now. So that means I got to find one of these one of these women that are in that Grandview at um, William Penn that are somewhere that are mm-hmm. that want to coach and they need to get them to come. Learn what they not that I'm going to teach them wrestling. Portion of it, but I need them to learn how to run track wrestling. I need them to know the logistics of having a team with four or five schools at it. I needed them to know this portion of it before I can step away from that. And then I'd really like to go up and 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 run the BV Wrestling Club, whether I can still wrestle or not. I just, I, I, mm-hmm. I do that, and I want to help recruit girls from high school into the college level. So that's my exit plan. Mm-hmm. When that gets implemented, I don't know. I just don't know. Hopefully, <laughs> it's not anytime soon. I yeah, probably not. <laughs> my, my wife keeps thinking it should be, but you know. And there's another part of this whole thing. Um, I have a super supportive wife because wrestling season for most people, you know, not I'm only gonna say most people, but wrestling is supposed to be three months long. Mine mm-hmm. is not. I like I said, Sunday night after states over, I'm already back into the wrestling room with 20 girls from that I I knew five of them maybe. So now I got 15 new girls that I need to learn their names. And now we had two more and they were like 10 different ones. So I expect a huge practice Sunday. And so this, and, and then we'll go to AAU State. And once AAU State's done, then it's time to, you know, we've been planning Twin Rivers now, you know, I've been on that thing for almost a month and a half two months that we've been putting teams together for that so that hasn't stuck you know that, that's been going and then we'll go to twin rivers and as soon as twin rivers is over then we got to pick our disney teams and then start practicing for that once disney's over now we got junior olympics in iowa and <laughs> once that's over oh my god it's season time and we're doing uh we're doing the usa tournament mad dreams and uh, about a week before the season starts and then it's all going again and my wife she understands the mission and yep, there's times that she's like, I wish you were home, but mm-hmm. she gets, it. she knows it. I mean, she knows what we're doing is, is good stuff and she, she loves the girls too. So it, it's, it's, it's good, but I got to thank her because if she wasn't as supportive as, as she is, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's pretty cool to give up that much time, you know? So I I definitely commend her mm-hmm. for that. You know my daughters; they, they joke that they're they're both adult children now. One's you know, twenty nine, one's uh, twenty two, and they joke if I don't start their text out it is something about wrestling that I won't even respond to them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so they always started off, "Hey, did you know wrestling?" You know, and then they'll they'll go from there. I mean, even even my boss at work. We had our Christmas party, and there's some new people there, um, and he introduced me. He goes, "Well, this is our nighttime supervisor." well, he's really a full-time coach and he works at the biodiesel plant sometimes. <laughs> you know, so, you know, even my boss and, and, they're great people too. They, 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 you know, they don't mind me taking my, they don't mind me using my time up differently than a lot of people do. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's, it's all a crazy ride. It really is. You know, to, to think that it, cause I'm really nobody in the sport of wrestling, you know, I'm not, I'm not a four-time state champion. I'm not a three-time state champion. I, you know, I just, I just love the sport and, and to be able to give back what he gave me, that's, that's what really makes me happy about it. I mean, if you looked up and you were looking at, Hey, who's going to be my coach? uh, This guy that was a four time state champion or this dude that didn't go to state, you know, I, I know I'd pick the guy that was the four time state champion, but then once, once most of the people that around me, they, they know my passion and stuff for it. And that's, That's really what, what helps you out. You know, I, here's, here's one thing. Another thing about our family, and and I just thought about this and I, um, the three years I've been a head coach boys and girls, both for the first two years and girls only this year. Um, I can count on one hand how many kids have quit wrestling in my school. And it's in the first two years, it was four of them. And, uh, it was seniors that didn't quite buy into my philosophy. And this year I had zero girls and actually from the start we gained four. So um, I am a big, huge proponent for participation. And I think that it's important. Um, I try to split things up. So I, I, you know, it's, it's tough, especially coaching a lot by myself this year to be able to give both groups, the brand new people a little bit and the the ones that have, you know, been on the podium, uh, give them what they need too. But, you know, I think, I think the participation drives things. Um, the other thing i'm really proud about this year is i we had seven qualifiers one one young lady had little injury and some things happened in her life that she was unable to go mm-hmm. but uh all six of the girls that went down there won a match at least one one match um that included two brand new girls to wrestle that just started wrestling this year so to qualify and and go down and win something when mm-hmm. They had no, they didn't even know that they were going to be wrestlers in the fall. That's pretty, that, that makes me happy, you know? So I, I know our team's going in the right direction and, and we, we, again, we didn't finish where we thought we were going to finish this year, but we had a, we had, we, we built a good foundation with some of these new people. So I'm, I'm excited for next year already. And actually Jason Shepard and I have had those conversations How are we going to get better? And because all the good coaches are already having those conversations Mm -hmm. and they're saying, what do we need to do different than we didn't do last year? And we're with, and that's why it's nice to have the BV wrestling club because I get to try these things out and say, okay, this will work for us and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, it it consumes a lot of my life, but it's, it's a hundred percent worth it. And like I said, uh, Eight years ago, I almost quit coaching just because I was frustrated with the boys side and without that young lady from South Central Calhoun walking in the door, um, I probably wouldn't be i wouldn't be doing what I'm doing for sure right now. I can guarantee that one last story and, and you, you could share this with whoever you want. this is the coolest thing that I get the coolest coach ever award all right <laughs> so I, I tell we do a lot of team bonding. I told you that so we had a Christmas party.
0: Uh-huh. And
2: it, it was they, they did secret Santa stuff real cheap, you know, nothing big. Um, but it was at shepherd's house and Jason's uh, he, well, he's in Nebraska. He's a Nebraska dude. Him and his wife are both Nebraska fans. So I'll tell him that you're all on the dark side <laughs> or whatever, but it's at his house. His wife's the doctor. He's a professor. They have a very nice home and theater in the basement. So the last two years, the girls have watched uh vision quest.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: And, and so, um, myself being a little bit extra i i'm on a lot of social media and i've i've messaged a lot with frank jasper who plays the character shoot in that so if you go on our ridgeview facebook page there's an actual message uh about from shoot <laughs> talking about about uh uh Ridgeview girls wrestling and and you know all this stuff and then he said uh I got a signed autograph picture of him carrying the the log up the up the stadium that's to the <laughs> girls wrestling. so that's that's being extra <laughs> that is oh. <laughs> yeah yeah I even my brother's like so how does one even figure out who the actor was <laughs> that you can <laughs> now get him to do a of you know do a video for you, and the dude's just great. Frank Jasper's—he's on all the social media, and he'll if you—if anybody puts anything Vision Quest out there, he will respond to it. I've sent him pictures of like you know the envision Vision Quests are all around the circle doing the you know the the yep. Indian thing, yep. and I've sent, sent videos of us doing that at BV and at our, our place. And then I had a kid have a, a one of the big old throw dummies. He was carrying it around like the mm. the log, and he always he, he's pretty humble dude well he's i think he's a physical therapist and nutritionist and he's so he's kind of in the sport still and and he'll respond so i, I we sent a video back to him the, from the girls that said that there's no way shoot lost that match <laughs> yeah, no, were they excited when they heard, saw that or what they, they, just, they were because they, they they look forward to watching together yeah on that. that's, that's something we started two years ago and now it's every year we watch vision quest
1: Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Troy Greeter, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. Also, don't forget to check out my website at Let's Talk Wrestling lets-talk-wrestling-podcast.my.canva.site And as always... Be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care. See you next time.